Welcome to our Rock City Church podcast. We are so excited to have you join us. Our desire is that you would listen with expectancy for what God wants to do in your life. We pray that you would encounter the mighty love of the Father and that you would be fired up for the more that He has for you. All right. Well, it's great to see all of you, and um, I'm excited that my wife and I are going to be teaching together this morning. And uh, today's message is a continuation of last week's message. And if you did not get a chance to hear last week's message, I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. And what we're talking about is lifting up your soul in the midst of adversity, hardship, difficulty, and continuously. And what that looks like and what the psalmists and the writers and, and King David and others shared from their hearts in times that they needed to lift up their soul and all the different ways to lift up your soul. Sometimes lifting up your soul is lifting up your eyes. Sometimes lifting up your soul is lifting up your hands. Sometimes it's lifting up your voice. In many occasions we see in the Psalms a word cry out or call out or to you I cry. That word cry in Hebrew is the word korah and it literally means to audibly let out a shout or a cry or lift up your voice to the Lord. And a great scripture to back that up is Jeremiah 33, three. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, I see 333 three, three all the time. And if you ever look at the clock and see 333, always remember that scripture. There's actually a few of them that are really good. Deuteronomy 33, three, sitting at the feet of the Lord to be instructed by him. But Jeremiah 33, three is call out to the Lord and he will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not no. How many of you feel like there's things in your life that you don't know that you would really like to know? Everybody. That's everybody, right? <laughs> and so after I preached that message last week and really poured out my heart, uh, I, my wife actually said, man, I really, really enjoyed that. And I, I was like, okay. And she's like, you know, I think I have a few things to say about that. And so I said, okay. And uh, <laughs> So here we are, and so I'm going to let... My version's always completely... Right. She has a total different perspective than I do. We're wired completely different in every way, and that's what we love so much about each other most of the time, most of the time. time. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, why don't you take it away from here? Okay, here we go. We haven't done a test run, so first service is our test run, and it always goes really smooth next service, so sorry. Um... (laughs) Um, Okay, so I know it's real practical, but in the beginning, I didn't really understand what a soul was, like what what it uh, even entails, like what is your soul? And so just in case you're one of those people, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So he talked a lot about what it looks like when your, your soul and your spirit is failing. So for me and my version, that would be, I just like don't see a point. Like what's the point? What's the point in trying? Like, what's the point in doing anything extra? That's my version. A little bit of depression. It can go a lot further for a lot of people. Um, But for me, it just feels like despair and kind of like, what's the point? And the funny thing is, I'm just going to speak for the women. I feel like we we must think our souls bipolar uh, with multiple personalities. I don't know if it's just me. But like, you know, a certain time of the month, your soul's a little different. Um, and then for us as men, we think we're going to cast that out in Jesus' name. And it never works. Just be quiet. <laughs> it never works. 
<laughs> we're doing a marriage series here. Hey, we're real and raw, so prepare yourself. We don't hold anything back. So I was thinking about that because I often talk to some of my closer friends who are like, I'm in the time. I'm in that time. So I just, you know, like, it's like, you know, when you're going to be kind of feeling like blah, and you need to know that as women. That's just a side note. You need to like tell yourself, this is just temporary. These are just feelings. This is not a reality. So I know that's super practical, but that's how I roll. Um, okay, so we do have a lot of issues with women, hormones, time of the month, birth, all of the things. So we have to get ourselves in check in that area. But we all have really low times where our soul is discouraged, and mainly we just don't feel like the Lord is answering us quick enough. I think that's the main reason we get discouraged, because we start having a pity party about, well, how long? Why does it have to take this long? I have no idea what you're doing, Lord. Nothing makes sense in the natural why do we have to go the long way? It seems like the Lord prefers the long way. I prefer the short way. So, and who doesn't? And so, There are factors to get you there faster. There are. I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> sometimes, no. Sometimes it's like, no matter what, the Lord has, a, he, and we'll get into that. He has his, his ways that we don't always understand. So last week, David didn't, he had a whole nother half of his message that he didn't preach. So we're going to kind of just bring in those last scriptures. I'm going to start with the one that he didn't get to, which is Psalms 143, 7 through 9. And it says, Answer me speedily, O, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. Because cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me, cause me to know the way in which I should walk. For I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. In you I take shelter. So I just wanted to touch... David's going to talk a little on that, too. I'm sure David's going to talk a little on all of these things. So I'm just going to just do my part. I'm going to say as little as possible today. Says, but I want you to say a lot of things. But. Okay. Okay. So I was thinking a lot about the Israelites. We all know the story. What could have been a two-week journey was like 40, 40 years. years. 40 years. Just let that sink in. We just say it like, oh, 40 years. But no. 40 years on this journey. So I always analyze everything. That's my personality. Why didn't God just do a supernatural work and let them get through on the two-week journey? Why? Yes, I get it. They were going to be attacked, and, and he knows how much we can handle. But how many amazing things did God do, like split the Red Sea and like make sure like a smaller army totally took down a huge army? Like it's my point is, it's possible that God could have done a miracle, and they could have gone through in two weeks. That's just my two cents. So, so sure, God knew that Pharaoh was on the chase and, and knew that they would be surrounded, but God is bigger than that. And I think, obviously, sometimes we need to take the long way, even though we, we don't prefer it, because the long way teaches us to trust, and it teaches us dis- dependency and identity in who we are in the Lord. So um, I can't help but think when I process that whole story that if we just trusted in the Lord's goodness, if the Israelites would have just trusted in the Lord's goodness, they wouldn't have needed to take the long way is one way of thinking. Or maybe the long way just wouldn't have seemed so long Yeah, um, is what I really feel like the Lord was saying to me. It's like, 
whenever we think it seems like an eternity, the only reason it seems harder and more stressful is because we're striving, we're not trusting, and we ultimately do not believe the Lord is good in that area of our life. Mm. And that's just the reality, and we don't want to say it. We might, it might be subconscious, but in the areas I've struggled the most in my life, it's because ultimately I did not know the Lord's goodness in that area. I knew it in other areas. Easy for me to believe in other areas. Harder for me to believe in, like, say, healing in for sickness. Because it was just hard. So that was what I struggled with, and that's what I encountered the last six months of when COVID just started, still going, but when it first started, that was my thing when I couldn't breathe and my asthma triggered. And I struggled to believe the Lord could heal me. And so I didn't believe fully in his goodness in that area. So maybe it wouldn't seem so long. Because when we get to the promise, we look back and we realize just how much the long way was really God's provision. Because what we gain in the journey only helps us sustain the promise. So we wouldn't be prepared for what's to come if we didn't learn what we needed in the long journey. So one funny thing I thought about is the Lord gave me a picture about road trips. I particularly don't really love road trips, but I really despise them when I don't like who's driving. I mean, I like them as a person. I love everybody. I love everybody, but I don't like their driving skills. So they're a bad driver. I don't feel safe. I don't think they know where they're going. And I feel like I need to have a few pointers. I feel like I need to have a few pointers as to where we should go, which direction, why are you going so fast, all of the things. Yeah, you do. I'm not talking about anyone in specific. I'm just saying in Mm -hmm. general, anybody. It could just be anybody. (laughs) That's a control issue, just so you all know. Or... Or it could just be the truth. So <laughs> the Lord gave me this picture. Blame it on him. The Lord gave me this picture of like a road trip and how whenever we can't just sit back and relax and chill, the trip seems so long because you're being tortured. Because you... <laughs> No, honestly, because you're like so aware and you're on guard and you're like, I can't sit back. I can't trust. And you're getting anxious. It's not that dramatic. It's not. But I'm just giving it a. I sleep the whole time. I never think twice about it. If you were with this kind of a driver. So things like you 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 ask yourself, can we can we really trust we're going to get to the destination safe? Can we trust we'll get there on time that he'll choose the best route? There's nothing worse than a backseat driver, and we're all backseat drivers numerous times in our life, in life, not yeah. just in driving. So do we keep trying to suggest a better way, or do we just try to take the will altogether? I do, often. Um, it, and so, again, I, it wouldn't seem so long if we just trusted in his goodness. Um, and the main thing I want to say is our way may seem good, and it probably is good, but the Lord always has our greater good in mind. So one thing I always think of is, is I know practically if this, this, and this happened, it would be so good. It would be a good thing. Like, I know what's good. But the Lord has the greater good, what we don't know that we need in mind. He knows what's better. He knows what's better. 
This is your part. This is your part. Oh, this is my part? Yes. Okay. So uh, I'll just touch on this, this scripture quickly. I love this because this, in this particular scripture, it talks about our spirit failing. And spirit in Hebrew is the word ruach. It's your breath. It's literally what gives you life. It's also the word for wind. It's the same word as pneuma in the Greek. And it's the spirit that keeps us alive. But when your spirit's failing, you feel like you're going to die. It's, it's a little different than your soul realm. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And constantly and repeatedly, the psalmist says to you, I lift my soul up. But in this particular scripture, we see my spirit's failing. And when your spirit fails, you feel like you want to give up. You want to kill yourself. You feel like committing suicide sometimes. You know, suicide's very prevalent, something that people don't talk about, but I guarantee you there's people in this sanctuary today that have battled with suicidal thoughts. And what I want you to know is you're not alone. Get help, get prayer, know that you're loved. See yourself the way God sees you. Don't live in hiding and don't let the enemy continue to lie to you in darkness. Remember, the devil only has power in the dark. So to the degree that you live in the light is to the degree that you'll be free. All I ask is you live in the light. See, when you live in the light, we can have true fellowship with one another because no one's hiding and lying. And so the Psalms really are the New Testament praise manual. It's your worship manual. And it's the reality of the life that we live. These are songs coming out of brokenness, honesty, transparency, complaining, hurting, brokenness. I love listening to my wife talk. And you know what? There's not a thing that she says. In the early days when I was really religious, there were things that she would say that would make me mad. Because I'm like, how can you not believe that? How can you not know that? You're a Christian. You should know that. But as God began to set me free, I began to see the process that God had her in, and her process is uniquely different than my process. So now when she says, you know, I really don't know that I believe that the Lord was good, I'm like, awesome. That is a great revelation because now you can find out that God is really good. And I'll say just as a testament to my wife, last year when she was having panic attacks and anxiety, her spirit was failing. On many, many occasions, she thought she was going to die. And that bondage to death is very prevalent in so many people's lives. There's some people that can never get on an airplane. There's some people that are constantly afraid of cancer. COVID-19. The list goes on of the fears of the bondage. And there's people, the Bible literally says that Jesus came to set the captives free who were subject to the fear of bondage of death their entire life. You got to get free of that thing. And God used all last year in my wife's life. I've had many experiences, but last year, I've nearly died many times. Let's live like a million lives. Yeah. But last year, what happened was when she started having these breathing problems and the fear was setting in and the anxiety was setting in and her soul was failing and then her spirit started to fail, she did something really, really incredible that she had never done before. And it's, it has never stopped. She started pressing into the Lord like never before. Like I'm said, like never before. Like I cried out. I was more vocal. I was more intense. I was more like contending. I didn't know how to contend before because I've always just been, I'm a nice Christian. I'm not doing anything wrong. The Lord loves me. Like I just serve. I love. What else do we need to know? 
And then when I was struggling to breathe and I needed to fight for my life, it was like, okay, Lord, where the heck are you? Like, why am I dealing with this? And I will say, I think that whenever you can finally be honest and say, I don't believe you're good in this area, is when you're actually going to get your true breakthrough. Like Amber said something, she said, you know, I think I have a disconnect in the Father's love. Like everything's always been about Jesus. And yeah, now, you know, we're a very spiritual Holy Spirit church, right? But nothing's changed my life like the Father's love. And if there's one thing I want you to experience from me as your pastor more than anything is the Father's love. More than power, signs and wonders, miracles, more than even the component of salvation. I love those things. But it all starts with the Father's love. Jesus coming to earth, the Father's love. Creating you and the earth, the Father's love. All of creation, the Father's love. I was thinking Jesus has the children coming to him, just... Jesus. He's like, I don't know. I only pictured Jesus for so many years. I don't know if it was Sunday school. I don't know, but I never really prayed directly to the Father or really put a lot of emphasis on the Father. And I don't know if that resonates with anybody. It just was Jesus. Like, I pray to Jesus. He's but, kind, loving, compassionate. But there was also a disconnect with your own Father. Right. And so when you have a disconnect with your earthly Father in your upbringing, and your Father's a certain set way, our natural tendency is to look at the Heavenly Father the same way. I've said this many times. It's a synaptic disconnect. I say Father, instantly it creates a picture inside your mind, right? So what I love so much about this scripture is that God has a purpose and plan for our lives. I don't believe that I'm gonna die prematurely. Now, there are people that die prematurely. That's what I believe, I believe drugs, alcohol, destructive lifestyles can prematurely thwart your destiny, hands down. It's a sad reality when you, do it, when you officiate a funeral for a teenager. I've done many, all right? Thrown out of cars, drugs, alcohol, overdosing, we see it a lot. And so in this particular case, what I love about the psalmist, he's like, don't hide your face from my spirit's failing, what I need is your face. And the word face is the word countenance. And it literally means is his countenance will change my countenance. The only answer is not a, not a drug, a pill, a drink, a girl, a guy, a dollar bill. Whatever the things are that we look to to find comfort in, nothing will transform our lives like the face of God. But you got to get in the face of God. The Lord's saying, seek my face. And the psalmist David said, and your face I will seek. Let's say that. The Lord says, seek my face. And I say, your face, O Lord, I will seek. And so the face, the word face means countenance. It means that literally as we behold him, we become like him. This is 2 Corinthians 3. This is the concept of the mirror. You, behold what you, you become what you behold. The problem is, is an anxiety, fear, worry, doubt, failing spirits, emotional distress in your soul, anxiety, worry, doubt, disbelief, what do we often have our eyes on? Those things. So we often tend to look at the problem. This is the problem with the news today. This is the problem with even social media. I love to catch up on your lives. Don't get me wrong. But too much of it at one given time or any given time 
because now our news feeds on our walls are filled with infor- all kinds of information that people, other people are deciding for you that you need to know and you need to hear or even adhere to, right? And so the challenge is, is if you're not in the face of God, everything else is gonna take over in your mind and your heart. And so in this case, it's lest I be like those who go down to the pit, meaning that lest my life be prematurely cut short. And God doesn't want that. And so one of my favorite parts in this entire passage is verse eight. And I wanna camp on it for just a moment because this goes back to God being good. Cause me to hear. There's this thing that says, Lord, I can't do it on my own. The faster you can come to the revelation and understanding that you cannot do it on your own, this is the just die now. Lord, cause me, make me. That's Psalm 119, over and over and over. Cause me, make me, show me. And in this particular case, it's to hear the loving kindness of the Lord. And I especially love this in the morning. Mornings are so powerful. Every morning, his mercy is new. Every morning, you get another chance. Every morning, you get a new start. Every morning is the dawn of a new day. It's the sun, it's the, the sun like the bridegroom coming out of his bridal chamber to shine his light on you. That's the way I see mornings. And so we need to hear the loving kindness of God. We need to put our trust in him. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk. For to you, I lift up my soul. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. And in you, I take shelter. So there's so many great things in this but I'm gonna just leave you with this. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You do not get the shadow of the Lord in your public everyday life if you do not dwell in the secret place privately. This is fun, this is nice, this is great. I hope I challenge you to go live differently when you walk out these doors. If you get your Sunday morning fix and it's just about Sunday morning fixes, it's never gonna work. You'll always be looking for your next fix. There's a component of taking shelter under the shadow of God at all times. Most of us have been raised with a Sunday morning, do good, peace my conscience, feel good, religious duty, Western Americanized mindset. And if you're a Christian and you wanna change in your life and know the Lord, there's a component of taking shelter in God every single day. What you do in the private, God reveals in the public. And I can tell what people are doing in the, in the private pretty consistently. How? By their countenance. And sometimes we go through hardships, sometimes we go through difficulty, but I've said this before. I've had people say this, but this is an oxymoron. Man, I've spent so much time with the Lord every day. I'm in his presence, worshiping, weeping, crying, and I am so depressed. (laughs) It doesn't work like that, right? Now you can be wrestling with depression, but God's presence, God's life, God's power, God's loving kindness transforms you to become something more so that you don't go down to the pit. You're gonna move one way or the other. You're gonna move up where you're lifting your soul up or your soul is gonna go down to the pit. Now that's a fight we all have to fight together. Now I can encourage you, strengthen you. Many, many times I had to lay hands on Amber. We prayed, we fought, we stood together through it all. But ultimately she began to take shelter in the Lord and that transformed her life my life, and helps us to stay the course no matter what is happening in the world around us. Amen? All right, we're going to look at Psalms 123, 1 through 2. It says, Unto you I lift up my eyes. 
O you who dwell in the heavens, behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their masters, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy on us. One thing, uh, this is a tricky one to say. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So I often think that we are too often looking at ourselves and less often looking at the Lord. Um, So I think we go, so when we're having these times where our soul needs a lift and our soul is distressed, we go so inward, too inward sometimes. And so we don't truly, we do truly have hard times, but how much of these hard times are brought on by self-focus instead of the Lord being our focus? So our eyes are only on ourselves, what we think we deserve, what we want, our attention, our expectations. I can tell you that I'm the most, when I'm the most self-focused, my soul is the lowest. So the number one thing that helps me to lift my soul is reminding myself that life is not all about me. Lift up your eyes and look to the Lord our God. Look with hopeful trust and expectation. So I think oftentimes when we have offense, it's about us. When we think someone treated us wrong, it's about us. When we aren't getting enough attention on social media or a position at church, your work, whatever it is, everything comes back to it being too much about you. Um, And... Just losing, we're losing, and it's so easy to lose this train of thought, to make our lives count for eternity. And it's so easy to be caught up in the earthly. And I know this sounds bizarre to some people, but if you're living for earthly gain in any way, you're going to have a downcast soul 99.9% of the time. Yes. It has to be about the Lord. Everything's a test. I'll talk about that more in a minute. But every day, every moment, every conversation is a test from the Lord. If you're making it about you or if you're just hearing him and making your life mm. every single thing about about him. I mean, when we make it about our looks, our, if we're unsatisfied about our looks, when we're unsatisfied about our job, I, everything is going to give you a downcast soul. Yeah, and so I'll just say real quick on this scripture, it's that God is internal and external. He's, he's, um, uh, trans, he's transcendent and he's imminent. He's in me and he's outside of me, right? And so what's beautiful about this is, is that I'm lifting up my eyes to the Lord who dwells in the heavens. And he has the help, the peace. He's the Prince of Peace. He has a never-ending supply of peace. I would say that a majority of the reasons why people are spun out, broken, and hurt is a lack of peace in their heart and rest. But let's just talk about peace for a moment. He's the prince of peace for a reason. And whenever I'm not at peace, I'm anxious, worried, stressed, upset, frustrated. So the psalmist is saying, I'm gonna lift my eyes. To lift your eyes means I'm looking. And I would say to you that God's footprints and footsteps are everywhere around you all the time. You just don't see it. I would say that God is miraculously and supernaturally trying to reveal. In fact, the Bible says all day long, he's stretching out his hand. You can find him in the hospital. Not if 
you're only looking at yourself. That's right. So when we lost Eden and we went into the hospital, we had had to wait, I don't know how long was it, 17, 20 hours, a total of 30-something hours, 32-week-old baby that was passed away in her tummy. When we went into the hospital for delivery, we made the decision to look for Jesus. Yeah, like literally. I think we're supposed to literally be looking for a tangible presence of the Father in every area of our life, in crisis, but not just in crisis. That was a horrible thing. But the only thing that carried me, and I've said it a million times and I'll keep saying it, the only thing that carried me is feeling his tangible presence. But in our day-to-day life, when you're not going through a tragedy, if we're not looking for him and what he wants us to do and where Mm -hmm. he wants us to move and what he wants us to say, and we're only thinking about how is this going to reflect on me? What would they think about me? Did I say it right? Did I do that right? What are they going to say? Should I be doing this? Because if I don't, would they be upset? All of those things are self-focused. And, the, those, and those rob my peace. And those get me the most downcast. Yeah, and so lifting up your eyes means I'm paying attention. It means that I'm living sober-minded. That's the thing with getting high and getting drunk. That's going to be the core root issue with the legalization of marijuana. I'm telling you right now, it's sober-mindedness. God wants you sober-minded at all times. And the problem is when you're not sober-minded, you're not paying attention because you're checked out. I want to just relax. It's about me. Just get back and... Ah. And then there's a situation or a circumstance around you that God... never happened with me, so it's like... Well, she's never done drugs before. We don't have to keep... I did enough for both of us. I'll just tell you that right now. You did. And so, just real quick, some people are doing that. Some people are shopping too much online. Some people uh, are... Oh, uh, Am- don't get me on the Amazon demon right now. I'll just tell you right now. Me, all of the things I purchase are for the children. <laughs> uh-huh. Sure, I, I want to believe that. All right. Uh, anyway, the point is, we all have our ways to check out. One way is with the whatever you call them. What's the name today? Doobies, whatever. What do you say? Every day is a new thing. I like doobie because I was a doobie guy, but okay. Spliff, yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, there's other ways you can check out. So, but the main thing here I want you to see is that we're, the, the concept of the scripture is I'm always looking for where my help comes from and it doesn't come from the hills. David said, my help does not come from, I look to the hills where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. The, the, the another way to say it is it doesn't come from the hills. And we're, the hills can represent all kinds of things in your life that you're looking for help from and comfort from. But your help's only gonna come, and specifically in this scripture, it's mercy. And mercy is something every one of you should be crying out for every day. Yes. The, I don't care how good you think you are, righteous you are, yes. never, ever, 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 ever lose the concept of the fact that we all need mercy equally. And if you and I, I always think about the tax collector and the Pharisee in the temple. One did all the right things and thought he was good, but he wasn't. The other one was terrible and crying out for mercy. And God said, "I'm hearing his." That's why we walk in mercy, and you need mercy. Not only do you need mercy for yourself, but for all the crazy people God's going to put in your life. Yeah. <laughs> do you understand? And that could be family members. That can be crazy exes in Texas. I don't care where it is, but they're going to come around. All right. Do you want to do this scripture or move past this one? I don't really need that scripture to say this stuff. Okay. I can just touch on it. Let me just. Okay, go ahead. 
So we, oh, we were going to just touch on Psalm 63, 1, which it just talks about how I seek you, I thirst for you, long for you, I have looked for you, I will lift up my hands, my soul shall be satisfied. So in that, we, I feel like this is a broken record, but you can't have this message without it. We have to seek him. That sounds like 101. That sounds like something we've said so many times. But um, getting alone with him, I've actually, the more people we talk to, the number one question is, how's your quiet time with the Lord? Do you have time? Oh, well, I don't really like reading the Bible. I don't really understand the Bible. Uh, I have kids. I do too. We all, I mean, you have to make it a priority if you're wanting to have this continued peace and joy and not live in this downcast depressed cycle and maybe you just have like for me for years it would be like the majority of the month I would be great but then there'd always be a good long week where I was in complete and utter despair and it just was a cycle but to finally break the cycle is to consistently seek his face so for me that looks like getting alone with him making it a priority it doesn't have to be a long ordeal like for me, I do a Bible recap um, podcast. It's like a few minutes of a, it reads two chapters of the Bible for you. You can listen to it. And then afterwards you read a little Devo about it and you just process, take it to the Lord. Before you know it, you've read the entire Bible in less than a year. It can, and it all can take about 20 minutes at the most. And we can all carve that out. I mean, think about how long you take with your scrolling on social media and just replace that with the time and just get up a little earlier, even if it needs to be like when your kids are napping, 20 minutes. I mean, and then the other thing is don't compartmentalize the Lord into that 20 minutes. So that is like one thing you do because I wanted to mention... Um, so worshiping, reading his word, praying, even when you don't feel an immediate result. There's so many times whenever I am having that time to read a few, few chapters of the Bible and just pray the Lord, it, it feels like sometimes, what's the point? I didn't get anything out of that. I didn't get anything out of that. I don't know, like, I didn't feel good after this little devotional pep talk. I, I don't know if I have anything to tangibly apply to my life today. So I don't even know why I do that. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm just being real. We've all been there. So in case you don't get immediate results, I've had to remind myself they're all deposits. Every single time you're making a deposit, you're making a deposit every single day. And there's no return if on your investments when you never made a deposit. So like when you're feeling good, one thing I do is like consistency is great. When you're feeling good, remember his goodness. One practical thing I do is I write out the truths that I want to remember when I'm not feeling so good. That's so good. And so I write out, you are good. You are working all things together for good in this situation. Even though in the natural, I don't see it. You are already working. Yeah. And then when you, when the enemy comes, because nobody's too good. To not have the enemy attacking you and telling you that you're crazy. Why do you believe? And you go back and you say, you look at that paper, I literally print them out. It might not work for you. It works for me. You literally print them out. Because when I was feeling so great and I felt the Lord close, I wrote them. And then 
on the times where I don't feel him close and I don't hear him. I don't know where he went. Say those things. I say them out loud. Even if they seemed silly at the time, even if it feels like a practice, even if it feels like I'm just doing this, it's just a routine. But I guarantee you, by the time I get done with that paper, like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Have mercy. Forgive me. Forgive me that I doubt it. So we have to make our deposits. We all want to cash out when we're in crisis, but there's nothing to cash out. Because when you were feeling good, you were too busy. You didn't see the need because you were too busy. Everything was great. Why do I need to go read the Bible? Oh, I'll do that when I get time. And then when a crisis hits, Lord, where are you? You have nothing. You have nothing to cash out on. Okay. So. Something, Graham Cook, I don't even, if you don't know Graham Cook, please make that a point in your life today after church. <clears throat> Just go to listen to him and listen to him. And he's got this podcast. What's it called? This podcast. I will let you all know. Brilliant, brilliant perspective. Perspective. Brilliant perspective, Graham Cook. So anyway, one thing when I was in the... Do I want to tell that a little bit or no time? Uh, About, you know, I'm off, you know. Okay, Okay, really quickly, I'm going to try to go really fast because we need to be closing. Um, Some of you guys know that we were in the midst of an adoption situation. Um, We were confronted with an opportunity. They pursued us. Totally the timing, everything about it has been the Lord. Um, And then we went four months where I basically fostered the little um, girl. And the whole time it was a a true test of, a true test. Every day is a test. And so in the natural, it was very obvious that the people were using us. Never, never, ever planned on signing over. Um, And... Yeah, just using us, disregarding us. We found out that, you know, we were the sixth couple. They've done this too. So, um, but the Lord spoke so clearly to say, just keep going. Get the attorney, do the home study, spend the thousands of dollars. Why? I still can't tell you. All I know is it's all a test. And so even when she was (laughs) slamming doors on us, even when she was... um, the grandma was saying these things, hurtful, awful things to us. We never repaid her for what she deserved. We never said anything back to her. Um, and there's that scripture, I love it about, I mean, it's not that I was wanting to heap coals, but there's a, there's a scripture about when you pray for someone, when you pray for your enemy, it, it's like you're burning, there's burning coals being heaped on their heads. And it's not that you want to physically hurt them. This sounds really bad. It's that the Lord's 
pressure and vengeance and his presence comes on that person. And I believe that's what brings true change. Um, but that's a whole side note. Anyway, all of that to say, there, we just had to trust. Everything's a test. Nothing in the natural seems really to make sense. It's really hard. My daughter cries. She wanted a sister. I could go in the victim mentality. I could say, we've already lost one. Why, Lord? Why'd you even let this happen? Why'd you even mess with my time? But honestly, somehow, it's only the Lord's grace and mercy. And because he provides, he has provision. He already knew ahead what was going to happen. That I have this supernatural peace that every time anyone asks me, so what's going on with that? I have no idea. I haven't seen her in a month. I have no idea. In the natural, it seems like it's over. In the natural, it seems like we just got used and abused. And that was that. All that emotion, the roller coaster, getting all attached, all of the things. It was just a waste. But I know my Lord's better than that. There's no waste. There is no waste. Everything is a test. And it wasn't about us. It was about trying to rescue a girl. So I'm still waiting. And I, I, I just be very vulnerable to tell you that. Because everyone can relate in a different way to a, a situation where you just had to be the bigger person. You had to keep making the steps, even though in the natural, it's like, why? They don't deserve it. This makes no sense. We need to back out. So we must start see, to see what seems like a problem or a negative situation as an opportunity to experience another level of God's goodness instead of a reason to have a downcast soul. And so... That's what I started seeing it as. I started seeing it as, Lord, you must need to reveal something even bigger and better about your nature to me. You must really love me. So Graham Cook, I'm telling you, get the podcast. He says, when a problem comes into your circumstances, the appropriate response is delight. You are now vulnerable to the goodness of God and his delight in you. When God looks at you, he sees what is missing from your current experience of him. And he's completely committed to giving you that encounter. Oh, man. Well, we're out of time at this service. Um, but we're going to pray for you guys before we let you go. There's a, there's a lot of things to add. This, this is an incredible series and message because it can go and go and go. I want to remind you guys that the kingdom is built on asking, seeking, and knocking. And if you don't fight the good fight of faith by rising up and asking, seeking, and knocking and pursuing on a daily basis, you'll always be a Sunday morning Christian and you'll never get God's perspective on your everyday life. Okay? Okay? Confusion, lies, doubt, disbelief, misunderstandings, accusations, temptations. These are things every one of us battles. There's not one person in this sanctuary that doesn't battle or watching online that doesn't battle this same thing. And so all of us have to learn to pursue the Lord, lift our eyes, lift our hands. You know, we lift our hands not just as a show, right, for others to see, but as an act of surrender as an act of worship, saying, God, this isn't about me. There's so much power. The Bible talks about lifting up holy hands. And you say, well, I don't feel very holy. Well, lift your hands up and maybe they'll become holy, right? 
And so we're so self-consumed and self-conscious and the enemy's beating so many of us down. One of the things that I'll say is I taught a message on Wednesday night about, a, about seers. As your soul becomes more alive and more awakened, and if you didn't hear Wednesday night, you should hear Wednesday night. And uh, we talked about seers. And as you begin to see the way that God sees, you'll be able to easily distinguish between your spirit, your soul, and your flesh. Yes. Seers have this incredible ability to look at their, the three parts of themselves uniquely. My flesh does not dictate. I do not, I have not felt good for a month. I've been telling him, I don't know what it is. Like I physically just have not felt good. All kinds of reasons of why. But you know what I do? My flesh is not going to dictate my spiritual life. And everything you heard from my wife is the same thing. This is a fight. And if there's one thing I want you to see with with us as your pastors is you're not alone. We all fight the fight. Some of you didn't even know for four months we had a little girl. We've been fighting for her life. And some people complain, where's pastors? You know, what's going on? And you don't know everything that's going on. I don't know everything that's going on in your life. But God does. And the best thing we can do is pray for one another. Stay the course. Love well. Become a mighty strong force as a family. Get unified and get the devil out of your life. Some of you got serious demons wreaking havoc in your life and you don't even realize it's a spirit. That's a whole nother component. The greatest lie of the enemy is to get you to believe he's not there. It's all you. This is all you and God's not good. That question mark of God's not good is a demonic lie that came from the garden. Right? So Amber, come up here. We're just gonna pray for you guys. And what I want to say is, is that if this message really resonated with you and you're going through the valley, remember, it's just the valley. You're just going through. Cling to the rod and the staff of the Lord. Psalm 23 has been one of my favorite psalms my entire life, especially in the midst of adversity. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'd have no fear because I have a rod and a staff. His principles, his, his commandments, his commitments, his love, his law, his presence, his rod and his staff is a picture of the power and presence of God with me even when I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. And I don't care what happens in this life because I know who I'm clinging on to. And my greatest dream and desire for you is that you would do the same thing. You want to see me happy? Cling to the rod and staff of the Lord and get healthy. And stay the course and don't give up for you, your family, your marriage, your children. It's the only reason why I do what I do. Please, I'm begging you, live upright and healthy and do whatever it takes and get flamed on. Get flamed on. Because man, the joy that's coming to this house, the musical joy, the, the, the copperhead dances that Prophet Kev, Kevin talked about you didn't hear the word i don't know when he gave it maybe wednesday but this church is going to break out in some incredible freedom god's preparing us for something big so amber will you pray over everybody why don't y'all stand lord thank you for your presence in this message today thank you that you showed up and that you moved on our hearts Lord, that we would walk out never the same again. 
Lord, that you would reveal another level of your nature and your goodness in the midst of our struggle that we're having today. Lord, when we feel like there's no hope, remind us that it's actually your goodness getting closer. Remind us to seek your face. Remind us to make daily deposits. Remind us to look for you all throughout our days and to hear your voice. Lord, help us to have an eternal mindset, Lord. Renew our mind. Give us a mind and heart for eternity and not solely this earth. And I heard the Lord say, you can touch this mountain. You can touch this mountain. You can come to the mountain of Zion, the mountain of strength and promise and hope and covenant. This is not a mountain that cannot be touched as Mount Sinai was. Touch the mountain of the Lord. Touch the mountain of the Lord. Stop pulling back. You can ascend with holy hands and a pure heart. Just ask God to wash you and cleanse you right now. Come on, guys. Ask God to wash your hands and cleanse your heart with the blood of Jesus promise of mercy. God, to you we lift our hands and we lift our eyes to the heavens where our help comes from. And God, I pray for a quickening by your spirit and a strength, Lord. Strength and resilience and aggressiveness to not shrink back from the promises of God. To flame on. To pray in the spirit. To cry out. To cry out and not be silent. To wait patiently for the Lord and for him to hear your cry and he'll lift you up Psalm 40 waited patiently for the Lord I waited patiently wait patiently for God he's going to do what he said he would do he's a good God he made a promise and he means to keep it the Lord we stand on the promises of God no matter what the natural circumstances say Lord we stand having done all And having done all, and having done all, we stand. So God, I just bless this church, this family. I thank you, God, that you're doing something really big. No matter what the lies of the enemy say, Lord, we look to you. And we trust you, and I bless you all mightily. Mightily, I bless you. I bless you with the spirit of the living God. May the Lord make his face, his countenance, to shine upon you and I thank you God you do what you do best you do what you do best Lord we'll trust you in it in Jesus name amen thank you for listening if you enjoyed this message please subscribe and share it with your friends and if you want to partner with us in what God is doing here at Rock City you can give by visiting our website at rockcitycorpus.com slash give